It's winter, and you can now get almost anything you need for the coldest months of the year delivered with Uber Eats. What do we mean by almost? Well, you can't get a ski slope delivered, but you can get dish soap delivered. Sunshine, that's a no. But a bottle of wine, that's a yes. A snow angel, sorry, no, but angel hair pasta. Uber Eats can definitely get you that. Get almost, almost anything delivered with Uber Eats. Order now. Alcohol and select markets. Product availability may vary by region. See app for details. <coughs> Cold and cough season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care. Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try Ricola Max now. Available in the cold and cough aisle. Ricola. It's in our nature. I feel good. Dad, are you singing to your cereal? Come on, Ava. Silk almond milk. Starts the morning on a high note. <laughs> Silk almond milk. With calcium, vitamins A, D, and E. Feel plenty good. Phillips Levin of the 1012 podcast here. Have you been listening to this show for a while and thought, you know, if that guy can do this, then so can I? Well, you're, you're probably right, and it's worth giving a shot. The one question you're going to ask yourself is, how do I get my podcast out for everyone to listen to on iTunes, on Spotify? Well, you're going to need a hosting site, and if I may make a suggestion, go with Anchor. It's easy and it's free, which is great for podcast hobbyists uh, who aren't exactly expecting this to make a lot of income, especially starting out. Anchor is fantastic. Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need in one place. It has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And when hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your show on listening platforms like we mentioned Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And again, it is totally free. It's fantastic. It is what we use. And if it's what we use, it's what we're going to suggest to others. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, that is the Anchor app or anchor.fm to get started with your podcast. College football playoff rankings are out. There was some good news and some bad news for the Big 12 Conference. We also, we get to make some picks. It's almost game day. And uh, there's a good slate. Of, there's a full, almost a full slate of games to pick on this week. It's going to be a great episode as I battle a cold. I'm Chris Ross, and this is the 1012 Podcast, the podcast that covers all 10 teams of the Big 12 conference out of the break we're going to get into the first playoff rankings but then it's time for picks and this game this week's games they're pretty good too number 12 baylor they're looking to stay undefeated while tcu would like nothing more than to play spoiler to their arch rivals goals texas tech and west virginia they're going to battle it out to stay out of the big 12 basement while kansas state they have a chance to show that their win against oklahoma wasn't just a fluke as they face Texas in Austin. Then, in the night game, 
Oklahoma gets to play under the lights, not at 11 o'clock, but they need to come out and make a statement against Iowa State in order to get back into that playoff conversation. Before we get into that, though, let's go over the standings. I went 3-4 and four last week to bring my total to 26-27-1, and while I'm happy about leading the standings, sub-500 isn't, isn't a whole lot to brag about. Philip went a dismal... A dismal one and three. I'm going to give him a hard time about that because he's been gaining on me each week for the last couple of weeks. So he's at a total of 24 and 30 on the season. Our guest last week, Parker Fleming from Stats O War podcast, check them out. He went two and two. The guests are a total of 22 and 26 on the season. But looking to help improve that number this week is Andrew Dowdy from the High Motor podcast. We always love having Andrew on the show, and this week, is no different. It's a great episode. Give it a listen. And if you like what you hear, maybe leave a review and a comment because that helps more folks find us. Also, with a number of Big 12 basketball games on ESPN+, Plus, you might want to check them out. It's actually a pretty good deal. For $5 a month, you get all the basketball games along with other great content like the Miles to Go series. The coverage is very well done. And, if, and I like not having to have a cable subscription to stream the games. If you want to check it out, Go to the 1012 Podcast Twitter account. That's at T-E-N 12 Podcast. And pinned to the top is a link for a free trial. And when you use that link, it helps us out. So win, win. Friday, and that means we are making picks, and I am very excited to have our guest picker today, the host of the High Motor Pod, which if you are not listening to on a regular basis, you are doing yourself a disservice. Andrew Dowdy is back on the 1012. Andrew, welcome back, man. Guys, great to be back. Huge week ahead of us, just like we were talking about before we uh, hopped on here. It feels like last week was kind of light, and man, I'm fired up for a couple of massive games this weekend. There are some huge matchups, and... We're not going to really get to many of them, to be honest. This is a Big 12 pod. So um, I think we're going to be the only podcast in the nation that's sports-related that's not going to talk about Alabama LSU. So if that's what you're looking for, go elsewhere. But I do want, before we start making picks, to talk about the first college football playoff poll. Now, I'll be honest. In my intro on Wednesday's episode, it had come out. I had to record my intro quick, so it was a very quick snap judgment. And I was like, good. They gave the Big 12 some due by putting four teams in, I as an OSU guy, I was shocked as could be that Oklahoma State was ranked. I did not see that coming, and I'm still not entirely sure I, I get it. But I'm not going to complain as an OSU fan. But on as I as I went back and looked, I kind of got perturbed. Whereas on the one hand, props to the Big Twelve for getting four teams ranked. On the other hand, I, OU is in a really bad spot, and we knew after the Kansas State game that they're they were going to be in a tough spot. But Baylor being ranked at 12th, despite having wins over, and I know their non-conference schedule was like worse than garbage. It's the guards, like the eight-year-old garbage that's caked onto the bottom of the trash can garbage. But they do have wins over Kansas State and Oklahoma State. So to see them at 12 was just kind of like, all right, well, cool, I, I guess. Andrew, what was your reaction to where the Big 12 fell in that first college football poll? 
Well, on that last note, yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, if you're if you're saying that where so Kansas State was what sixteen, yeah, if Kansas yeah. State was sixteen, and then Oklahoma State was at twenty three. So obviously, the committee thinks pretty highly of Kansas State, and then not too bad of Oklahoma State. So if you're saying, I mean, because Baylor beat both those teams by three scores, and the Oklahoma State game was like what forty four to twenty seven or something, and Kansas State was like thirty one to fourteen or thirty thirty one to twelve. That's what it was. So if you're if you're saying you're that high on Kansas State. And Baylor goes into Manhattan, where Oklahoma just got throttled. I don't understand how you can say that those teams, those teams, um, excuse me, uh, Baylor can win those games by three scores a piece, both those games by three scores, and then keep them that low. I mean, this isn't. I, I get like why Minnesota's ranked so low. They're kind of like, like in like that spot that UCF has been like so often, where yeah, you're undefeated, congratulations, but you haven't beaten anybody. I understand like they're not, they shouldn't be that low, but if you're thinking that highly of Kansas state and Oklahoma state, I don't, I don't really understand how Baylor is at 12. Um, I mean, again, it, it doesn't like matter that much because if Baylor wins out, they're in. I know somebody tweeted uh, late on, on Tuesday night that Baylor does not control their own destiny. I think that is complete garbage. If Baylor wins out they're in comfortably, the first thing you said though, about Oklahoma and just the big 12 in general, they're in a really bad spot. I think, I think, this was probably the worst case scenario for the big 12 getting behind. I, I was curious if they'd be behind either Oregon or Utah. They got put behind both of them. And we don't really know what that margin was. I can't remember if Rob Mullins addressed that on Tuesday night when he was talking or not. I had to go back and look, but being behind both of them is the ultimate worst case scenario. And and yeah, we can sit here and maybe wonder um, because Oklahoma would have a Baylor win in their pocket if they were to go undefeated and then obviously if Baylor goes undefeated, they're going to be in. But you know, if Oregon or Utah, one of those teams finished 12-1 and as a Pac-12 champ, I don't see, if they're ranked ahead of them right now, I don't see how they're going to drop behind Oklahoma for doing the exact same thing that Oklahoma did. So, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the Big 12, it's great that they have those teams in there. It's great that Oklahoma State slipped in. Nice for the strength of schedule. It's great that Kansas State's in the top 16 and within um, kind of shouting distance of the top 10. But Absolutely. Totally worst case scenario for, for the Big 12. I think Oklahoma is in a really, really rough spot right now. To Philip, to your point, the four teams in is great for the Big 12 because we've seen them kind of flirt with three teams in, four teams in, in the AP poll all season. So to get four teams in is great. But at the top end, it's not looking good for the conference with Oklahoma and Baylor. And you look at who Baylor's played in their wins, but yet they're three spots behind Oklahoma who's basically only win is against Texas, who's not even ranked in this poll. That's a bit of a head-scratcher. But I want to ask you, who do you think is better, Oklahoma or Baylor? See, I, I don't know. And this is a conversation that, that I've had on my podcast a lot. Um, I have a regular co-host, Chase Kitty, that sometimes hops on. He does a lot of our betting stuff, too. And, and he's also a big, big 12 guy. And, you know, we I went into the season as... I thought three teams were separated. I thought Oklahoma was one. I thought Texas was two. I thought Iowa State was three. And that changed dramatically after, what, five or six weeks? Iowa State has done nothing for me this entire season to suggest that they're the second or third or fourth best team in the Big 12. If they they played on a neutral field right now, I'm taking Oklahoma. When they play in Waco here in a little bit, I'm taking Oklahoma. I just have, as much as I like Matt Rule, I just have that much trust in Lincoln Riley. Um, I, I think what happened in, Can- in Manhattan last or two weekends ago was Kansas State playing a perfect game, figuring out what Alex Grinch's defense hasn't seen yet. I mean, again, this is they're only what eight nine games into a brand new defense, 
And credit to Chris Kleiman, uh, credit to Scotty, Scotty Hazleton, that whole staff for putting together basically a perfect game plan. And yes, Oklahoma didn't look great in that game, but when, I know that we're all talking about Oklahoma losing that game. What happens to their what happens to their playoff chances? I'm more curious on Kansas State looked so good in that game. They played the absolute perfect game that, yeah, I'm thinking less of Oklahoma, but I still think Oklahoma is a better team. I still think they're the best team in the Big 12. I think Baylor is number two there, but I would still say Oklahoma is the best team in the Big 12. And, and I agree with that. And that's why I, I can't really fault the committee because while you know you can look at Baylor has a couple better wins, overall strength of schedule, you know, everything with the Sooners, I, I think that... Uh, so you're in the eye test... Uh, you're, you're one of the guys. I mean, because the committee. I, I hate to. Said I that. hate to admit that, but I think with with this team it is because there for a while Oklahoma was looking very very good and their defense was coming together and giving them a complete team that could compete in the college football playoff, and then they fell against Kansas State. So do we really just look at that game, or did they take the week off and K State? You know, they put it together. They got to, the they got the win. But I don't think anybody truly believes Kansas State is better than Oklahoma. And if they line that game up again, I'm not sure how many people are taking the Wildcats to win it. So it's that one, it's, it's tough for me. It, I hate the eye test stuff, but if they're going to use it, that's where... And look, the playoff committee handles this perfectly. They never give definitive answers as to what they do, so they can't really be held accountable <laughs> later on and be put in a situation where they're going to contradict themselves. So from that standpoint, it's it's brilliant. It's brilliant. Like uh, there are politicians who should go and learn under the heads of the college football playoff committee. Okay, they should go take a class on how they talk. It's beautiful. It really is. If we're gonna do the eye test. Like, how are you telling me? Because I've watched Oregon and I've watched. Utah, and I've watched Oklahoma, if you put OU against either Oregon or Utah on a neutral field, I'm taking Oklahoma. So I, it, what bothers me is that the eye test is, works here, and this works here. It's like, it's like, when it comes to each team, we have different ways of how we want to justify what we're doing. Because if the eye test is going to be an impact, then we really need to talk about Georgia being that high despite the loss to South Carolina, but OU being that far behind both Pac-12. To, it's just... It's such a, I get that a lot of this is going to play out, and there's so much football, and we assume everybody's going to win, and it's not going to happen, but it it's just it, it's starting to feel like so, and I've seen a lot of this on Twitter of like, hey, so basically we've just taken the BCS model, but now we're doing it with 12 people instead of a whole lot of other things. Yeah, here's why I'm not too worried about it, though, about being behind the, the two Pac-12 schools, and that's because who Oklahoma has left. With Iowa State, Baylor, TCU, and Oklahoma State, two of those teams are ranked. And the two teams that aren't ranked have national attention, right? Iowa State with Matt Campbell and the job he's done. I think everybody in the country is kind of aware of that. And then TCU, Gary Patterson, extremely well-respected. And then you throw in the Big 12 championship game. So I think Oklahoma has the schedule that if they come out and look impressive, that they can leapfrog those teams. I'll buy that. I'll, we'll we'll see. I, I I am worried about it because if the two Pac-12 teams, my concern is the SEC champ is getting in, an undefeated Clemson is getting in, Ohio a, a one loss Big Ten champ is getting in. Mm-hmm. That leaves one spot, and right now the Pac-12 champ is in far better position to take to get in over Oklahoma. The biggest problem is I hate to say it, and we're going to pick on this game later. 
But with Texas being out of the rankings and Kansas State in, you know, is it better for Kansas State to beat Texas or Texas to beat Kansas State? That's going to be tough. But what the Big 12 really needs is they need LSU to win. That I agree with. Yeah, you don't need to deal with LSU and Alabama vying for the playoff, but... Okay, well, you know what? Before we go into this too long, because we could probably do another hour and a half on this, I know we could, let's go ahead and just start making the picks. Uh, we've got four Big 12 games and, of course, our non-Big 12 game this week. And all this talk about Oklahoma, let's start there. Uh, the Sooners are currently a 14.5-point favorite over Iowa State. You can get the over-under anywhere from, like, 66.5 to 68. Uh, Andrew, as our guest, I'm going to let you go first. What's your pick in this game? Oklahoma, and I feel pretty good about it. I mean, like I mentioned, alluded to before, I haven't thought a whole lot of Iowa State this season. They haven't done that much for me. Uh, I think the Sooners rebound in a massive way. I think this is a 20-point win for them. Um, you know, you know, like I said, I think Kansas State played the perfect game. I think that they did expose some things with Alex Grinch's uh, revamped defense, uh, but they just played a really, really darn good game a couple weeks ago. I like Oklahoma comfortably in this game. I'm going to agree with Andrew. Uh, I'm with the Sooners here. I think that they saw these rankings come out. They saw that they're ninth. I feel like they're they're going to feel a little bit disrespected. They know they have some work to do, and they have to look impressive in in these next few games. Iowa State, two up and down. I like that this is in Norman, and I like Oklahoma to win big. Yeah, you feel like OU has had two weeks to just fume – and stir and stew after that loss to Kansas State. And then the playoff rankings come out, and you just get the feeling they want to come out and just curb stomp Iowa State. Not to mention, you know, Iowa State fans keep bringing up that whole, like, Lincoln Riley is 0-1 against Iowa State in Norman as the head coach. And you're just like, yeah, keep – keep. I'm not a big person when it comes to, like, bulletin board material. I, if you need bulletin board material to win a game, you probably need to pick another sport. But, like – there, there is something to poking the bear. Like, there's a time to taunt, and there's a time to be like, um, let's just, let's just, let's just, let's just focus on this game. I'm, I'm with you guys. I think OU wins this comfortably. Um, I really like the over in this game because I love OU overs and they've treated me well. But I, I just, I think OU covers the 14 and a half. So I'm gonna go with you guys and say, uh, say OU in this one. So, you know. Uh, you mentioned the the UT Kansas State game, and I know that's a big game of the week. And we usually say that for the end, but I'm I'm really intrigued what you guys think in this one. Um, so let's go to Texas Kansas State. Chris, uh, Texas is currently a seven point favorite. Uh, you can get this over under at fifty eight, even though I know you hate over unders, but I'm gonna tell you anyways. Uh, what is your what's your feel here? Okay, so this might be a bit surprising, but I like Texas. They're seven point favorite. I'm a little bit surprised that they're a full seven-point favorite, but they get a lot of their defense back this week. I I feel like they are closer to the second-ranked team we thought they were going into the season than where they are right now. I feel like they've had some – they've just been unlucky in some areas, but this is a talented team with a talented quarterback. And and I like like the Longhorns to to come out and, and kind of get back into the conversation in the Big 12 with this one. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take Kansas State actually straight up in Austin. I just I mean yeah I, yeah they're getting guys back. I mean, there's there's no denying the t- kind of talent they have. 
I just don't think Texas is very good. I mean, like I said earlier, they entered the season as my clear number two in the conference. Now they're kind of in that four to five range for me. I get the injuries, uh, but when you're a good team with that much talent, I mean, they don't just have talent on their, on their starters. They have a talented two deep. They can go three, four deep. There should be, uh, I guess I'm saying the talent is there. It should be better when you're getting down to your second, third. I mean, this isn't like Kansas going down to their, their third string walk-on who was playing nine-man football last year. I mean, when you're a good team, that doesn't matter for as much as it is for Texas this season. They should have better depth uh, than they do. And with how good K-State has looked the last two weeks, uh, especially on offense, kind of confounding teams with a little bit of everything, I think K-State wins this game straight up. I can't believe that this game is at seven. I, I'm not even, not even a big betting guy, but I would have expected four and a half to five maybe for Texas. Um, I'm absolutely shocked it's at seven. And give me Kansas State to win that game. So... Uh, I think Texas wins this because of the point Chris made about the number of guys they're getting back specifically on defense and in the secondary is big. Um, that's been one of their biggest issues. You know, that the reason that Carter Stanley to me was able to pick apart Texas's defense in that Kansas, Texas game that Kansas probably should have won, but the big 12 gave refs gave Texas four seconds. They didn't deserve. Anyway, say la vie. Texas kept bringing pressure at Carter Stanley and Stanley was able to pick apart that secondary because it wasn't very good. The secondary wasn't good, which you're, which when your secondary is not very good, why are you just bringing the house to the quarterback every time when he's being he's having success against you? I don't know. Anyways, but but getting those guys in the secondary back and also importantly, Kansas State being without their best corner in AJ Parker, I think that I think that matters quite a bit here because now your second the it makes it that much easier for Ellinger to get the ball to his talented wide receivers. I, I did not expect ta- Texas's wide receiving core to be as good as it has been this season, and it's been pretty good. You know, Colin Johnson's back, Eagles is there, DeVernay's there. All that said, as much as I like picking Texas, I don't like the seven-point line, like, at all. As I mentioned before, I love OU overs. They've been very successful for me. I also love Kansas State unders. And since I can get this line at 58, I'm go- I am can actually get this 58 and a half. Ooh, happy days. Guess, guess what? I'm taking the under on this one. Kansas State unders have served me very well. I'm going to stick it with it in this one because while I think Texas wins, I don't love that seven-point line. So let me, let me ask you here. Is Malik Dolson, do we know if he's going to be back for this game or not? I believe he is. If he is, he's not 100%, and he's not going to be 100% all season. Like, I, I think they figured out how to how to be have success without him, obviously. But he's he's not he's not going to be 100% all year. And that's you know you play that way. That's that's what happens. I don't think Colin Johnson's 100% for Texas, but I, I I think he's supposed to play. But what 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 your kind of version of him you're getting? I'm not entirely sure. My next question is if Texas drops this game. Uh, is it is it time to start talking about uh, Herman? You know, maybe the hot seat a little bit. No, no, no. no. I knew you were going there. No, <laughs> no. Herm, I mean, I'm not even big Tom Herman guy, but Herman's their guy. No, you're right. I don't even know. I haven't even. I look at a lot of coaches' contracts, a lot of buyouts for guys that I'm even like stretching. I'm saying like, even if this happens and this happens and this happens. What's the buyout? But I haven't even looked at Tom Herman's buyout. Um, I don't think he should be anywhere near it. I think that he's he has like that perfect balance of dickhead in him that works perfectly <laughs> at Texas. That he, I mean, he's their guy. I don't like Tom Herman as a guy. The Drew Locke thing irritated the hell out of me. I don't think he's just a nice person in general. 
and it's perfect for Texas. Charlie Strong was the worst fit ever. Tom Herman is a perfect fit. I don't know if he's going to work, but he's their guy, and they need to ride him out for a long time. Because I, I've been in the camp that Texas is back, right? And, and I believe that he's got them in the right direction. But I also can't ignore four losses. And I understand injuries have, have kind of you know dictated that this season. But it's kind of like Kingsbury, Texas Tech. You know, if it's year in, year out, eventually the excuses stop mattering. And we only saw, you know, uh, Charlie Strong, he got three seasons. You know, so, so how much... Uh, time will Herman have and how many excuses does he get away with? I think the what? 10 wins bought him a lot of mm-hmm. time. I think last year, even though they've kind of, depending on where expectations were, kind of disappointed a little bit. But, I mean, the thing with that, I think I'm kind of approaching him like how I approached Harbaugh. And Harbaugh had that a little bit more immediate success right away. I mean, I think Herman went like 7-6 and six right his first year, uh, and then 10 last year. I think Harbaugh had 10. I think he went 10 and 3 his first year, but I can't remember. And now Harbaugh is kind of becoming a victim of that success. I think, like, if Herman had uh, gone like 8 and 4 in the regular season last year, it changes everything. But because he went 10 and 4, I still think he bought himself two, three, four years of getting to, you know, even if they go 7 and 5 again this year, I think because they went 10 and 4 last year, I think he has two, three, four years to actually. I mean, I don't know. What's the expectation there? Like, are they I mean, actually expecting to make the playoff? How long did it take Mac Brown to finally turn at Texas into what he turned them into? Like, there, there is something to, I know we expect everybody to win immediately, and at programs like, when look at Florida State, like, you expect it to be like, you should be winning right away. But, I mean, it's not just winning 10 games. It's they beat Georgia in the Sugar Bowl. Like, I think that carries almost as much as just the 10-win season alone, is getting that that win at the end of the year. I still I've thought expectations for Texas have been a year ahead of schedule, and part of last year is they they raised expectations further than they should have been. But I mean I agree I, I don't I don't think he's on a hot seat. I, is if if he finishes seven five is the pressure going to be on to try and and get to ten wins again next year? Yeah, but I don't I don't see actual like he's going to get fired. They like him too much. All right, so moving on, let's go to. Uh, Let's go to the the least interesting game of the week. And I'm sorry, Tech and West Virginia, but like this is a another one of those battle to avoid the basement games. Uh, Texas Tech on the road, currently a two-and-a-half-point favorite with an over-under of 60. Um, I guess I'll take this one first. And honestly, I have no idea what to think here. I, I, I have no clue. West Virginia defensively is pretty good, uh, and their offense is like – Bottom of the Big Ten bad. Like, it's garbage. They have the worst offense in the Big 12. And a lot of it has to do with uh, Chris, your boy, Austin Kendall, who I will continue to complete, can repeat the line. Lincoln Riley is, like, the best thing Lincoln Riley's done is convince all of us that Austin Kendall was on par with Kyler Murray last year in a quarterback <laughs> battle. When we watched him play, like, it's been, been bad. But I don't, like, Texas Tech's not very good. I, they've really disappointed me this year because I thought Matt Wells, I don't like that hire and I don't like it long-term, but I thought they would have success this season. I, I understand Bowman's been out, but they've done a good job with Jet Duffy, even though he was their fourth string and, you know, whatever. I, I think I'm going to take Texas Tech here. I, I think they can score more points than West Virginia can. Neither one's defense is is great, but they're okay. But I think I trust da- uh, Texas Tech and David Yost's offense to put up more points than a West Virginia team who I think has put up like 14, three or four weeks in a row. It's been, it's been real bad. So I'll take tech in this one. Andrew, what you got? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's definitely the least exciting, least sexy game. It kind of feels like the bottom third championship in the Big 12. I think there are like are a few tiers in the conference that I've kind of talked about a little bit. And one of them is is those bottom three teams. There's kind of like a mini tier between West Virginia and Texas Tech. Uh, and then Kansas, I think Kansas, even with a nice season, they're still the, the worst team in the Big 12. So this kind of feels like an unofficial decider of of who's number eight. Uh, you know, winner's number eight and the loser's number nine and then Kansas at 10. But anyways, I have Texas Tech in this one. I mean, you guys watched that that Baylor-West Virginia game. It was not that close. Of course, the scoreboard said it was close. Baylor basically dominated uh, all facets, facets of that game but shot themselves in the foot repeatedly. West Virginia is just not a good team. I mean, their their defensive line is, is one of the better in the conference. But outside of that, I mean, they're not terrible defensively. But they can't run the football. They're so inefficient on offense. They're averaging like 2.9 yards a carry or something. They can't force any turnovers. Um, they're they're not going to force any turnovers against a Texas Tech team that just doesn't cough up the ball that much. Uh, so give me Texas Tech by at least a full touchdown in Morgantown. Andrew, I, I like where you're going with the turnovers because Tech, Texas Tech has forced 14 turnovers this season, and they don't cough it up much. And you know, they're both coming. I mean, Texas Tech's lost three games. West Virginia's lost four. But at least Texas Tech can say they've kept all of theirs competitive. The Mountaineers can't quite say that, although they were competitive last week. Still, if you look at Austin Kendall and you look at Jeff Duff, Jet Duffy, which quarterback would you take? Duffy. I, I, I'm taking Duffy, and I think Mountaineer fans would agree with that, right? <laughs> I think and, Mountaineers fans would take Jet I Duffy. I think any, anything any college football fan would yeah. agree with that. It, it, Austin so, Kendall has been one of the most underwhelming. I mean, I was – I bought a lot of the smoke and I looked like an idiot for it, but like, I at least thought Austin Kendall would be, I don't know. After that Kansas game, like that was the first game where I had like sat down and watched every single snap of his, the Kansas defense blows and he looked horrific in that game. After that game, I've tried to watch as much of him as I can just to wonder, is this really that bad? It's really that bad. And they, you could make an argument that they could have won, uh, uh, a couple of the games that he didn't throw, what, three or four picks in? I mean, West Virginia's season mm-hmm. would be a hell of a lot different right now if Texas their quarterback game. play was just marginally better. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i with you. I kind of look like an idiot. I live in Oklahoma City. I fully bought into the hype that he was just as competitive as uh, Kyler Murray and, and this was going to come down to the wire. And and uh, that clearly that was not the case, uh, as we know at this point. But... So I'm going to take Texas Tech to get that settled. But one thing I want to I want to ask uh, Dowdy real quick is you said that you still think Kansas is last in the conference. I'm not sold on that because of the three teams, give me Carter Stanley. Uh, I don't know. I, I did it how hot and cold he has been. I just. But but that's that. Could that be the know. offensive coordinator and the style of offense they're running? I don't know. I mean, that's what's been so difficult about Carter Stanley. I mean, it's like almost sad. I don't know if you guys have watched, been watching the, the Miles to Go um, ESPN documentary mm-hmm. on Kansas football this season, the 18 parts, and I think they're on part like 11 or something. But On ESPN I think it was, Plus, short plug. Yeah, so I think it was after the Texas game, maybe. They had Matt Tate um, from the Lawrence Journal World interviewing him, and this is something that a lot of people have thought about. He's not saying anything new, but he said, honestly, it's really sad that this is Carter Stanley's last season because he didn't really have a chance in the first. I mean, I was actually kind of a David Beatty fan. I liked what he did, but coaching wise, Carter Stanley just didn't 
have any sort of chance in his first four seasons. And now, like, he finally has something. But even with that something, I mean, you guys watch the Kansas State game. I don't know what he was even doing in that game. And, I mean, that wasn't an offensive um, strategy. It wasn't like a Brent Deerman thing. That wasn't like Kansas State's defense was even doing anything incredible. I don't even know what he was doing in that game. If I had one quarterback to win me one game, I'd probably take Duffy over Carter Stanley. All I know is I'm winning our our Big 12 college football fantasy league with Carter Stanley, so I'm okay with him. Like, <laughs> All right, before we get to the last Big 12, Dan, let's uh, let's hit our non-Big 12 picks. And uh, Chris, what do you got in this one? Well, uh, I <laughs> they say go big or go home, and I am going very, very, very big. Uh, so maybe I'm just getting too confident in my non-Big 12 picks because my record is something ridiculous. But... I, uh, I, I'm looking at Maryland at number one Ohio State with the college uh, playoff rankings. And the Buckeyes are 43.5 point favorite. That's incredible. And I'm still going to take Ohio State because they're averaging 48 points a game. They're 7-1 against the spread, 4-1 against the spread at home. And Maryland has covered just the spread one time on the road this season. And, uh, yeah, I like Ohio State to, to get it done. So I like to look for lines that kind of stick out to me. And there's there's one line in particular that, that did this week. And Louisville is on the road to Miami, and Miami is currently a six-and-a-half-point favorite. And I don't know why. Like, Miami's been real up and down, and Louisville has been the surprise of the ACC. That's not really saying a whole lot. Well, but I could argue Louisville is one of the three or four best teams in the ACC, and I wouldn't argue that for Miami. I don't understand Miami getting six and a half points in this game. In fact, I actually kind of think Louisville's going to win this game. I'm not going to pick that. But I'm, I'm going to take Louisville to cover that six and a half. I don't, I don't like that line at all. It doesn't make sense to me. There's honestly probably an argument that Louisville's the second best team in the ACC. Oh, I would listen to that argument. I, I would. TCU is probably the second best team in the ACC. <laughs> I don't know. Kansas might be the second best team in the ACC. Oh, no, they're like third. Surely Wake Forest could be, beat Kansas. Uh, Andrew, what do you got here? I'm kind of intrigued by the, this Washington at Oregon State game. I know that a lot of people um, kind of near the Mississippi or east of the Mississippi probably haven't watched a whole lot of Oregon State football this season. Uh, but Oregon is, is getting 10 points at home, a home underdog of 10 points against a Washington team uh, that hasn't really done anything for me this season. I was really high on Jacob Eason uh, coming in. I thought he would flourish in that offense. I don't know what he's, I mean, the, the pick six against Utah, some of those like that, I don't know what he's doing. So I'm taking Oregon State here. Um, I, I just can't get over that Washington has done nothing for me this season. Like, I still think that they're a better team than Oregon State. But this is a, a tough, gritty Oregon State team. Uh, still have a lot of long ways to go on defense, but they can win in a lot of ways. They're finally moving in the right direction after that whole Gary Anderson debacle those lost years. They finally look competent. Uh, I think if they can get creative with their pressure packages on Jacob Eason, kind of like Utah did, I think that you're going to see Oregon State keep this one very close. Okay. Uh, I'd... I've I've been shocked, but I've been keeping track of their record because I could argue they're Oklahoma State's best win on the season so far. Well, no, Kansas State is now, but Oregon State's up there. Philip, before we go on to the last game here, while we're still talking mm-hmm. about non-Big 12, mm-hmm. Alabama's a six-and-a-half-point favorite over LSU at home. 
What did I say at the start of this? We're the only podcast that yeah, we got to mention it. Talk about we got to mention it. Do we? Yeah, do I have sure, to placate the, the the Big Twelve fans? So it, I don't. I, if, I if, we, I hope if we had to pick a side, I mean, I, I would go I LSU mean, in a heartbeat, hands down. I don't think I would touch it until you know what Tua's doing. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, I don't think I would Tua's touch it even playing, if you know what Tua's doing because Saban's yeah. probably just blowing smoke if the. He's going to put Tua out there and show him in warm-ups and then not play him. I mean, it's some some crap like that's going to happen. Even with Tua, do you think that they're a seven, uh, basically a, a score favorite? If I had to bet on it, yes. I mean, that's just the saving factor. Yeah. Like, I hate it. Like, I just I have a hard LSU. time. I mean, I think LSU is the better team here, but it's just I don't. I know that in college sports you're not playing with the same team every single season. It doesn't make sense to say – like when they bring up series histories, yeah, they, they haven't beat them in, in whatever number of years. But I think because of what Saban's been doing for so long, that applies there where it usually doesn't apply to most series. And even though LSU is completely different this season, what Joe Brady has done, but it's the Saban factor. I would take them to cover that. Um, honestly, gun in my head, if I had to take them to cover 10 points, I'd probably take that too. I hate it. I hate it. Review the Big 12, LSU. Root for LSU. Like, we need LSU to win. And it'd be nice if they won by double digits because Alabama's resume is so friggin' awful. They'd have a hard time bouncing back from it. All right, so enough SEC. That's too much SEC for this podcast as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we got our last pick, Baylor versus TCU. Uh, Baylor is a two-and-a-half-point favorite against the Horn Frogs. You can get the over-under at 48. Uh, Andrew, what are you feeling here? I think TCU wins this game straight up. I, I just I think Ooh. Baylor's run ends – here, I think that must, the mistakes that we keep seeing from Baylor, I'd mentioned the West Virginia game earlier, the turnovers, the penalties. I mean, they're averaging over seven penalties per game. And that's like in the bottom quarter of college football. I think those mistakes finally bite them in the ass here. I mean, this is one of those games where I mentioned this, where I think Baylor is the better team here. I think that Baylor will look like the better team against TCU. They're the more well-rounded team. Um, I, I, I mean, the penalties suck, but Baylor just doesn't do anything bad, like nothing else bad. They're not downright terrible in any area, but they're also not elite in any one area. Uh, there's no real bad matchup for them. And I, again, I feel like we're going to watch this game, and no matter what happens, we're going to walk away and say Baylor is a better team. They probably played a better game, but it's going to come down to a penalty here, a penalty there, a turnover here, a turnover there. And I think TCU is going to win this game like a like a 27 to a 24 type of game. Let me let me read you something. This is the quarterback depth chart for TCU for this weekend. <laughs> Max Duggan is about to, is, is supposed to be the starter. Um, if you've seen the image where he hurt his finger, that is a broken finger. Um, Mike Collins is hurt. He would be the backup. By the way, Mike Collins reportedly has a, 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 a I think it's ruptured spleen, which, you know, if Andrew Luck can't, I don't think Collins can. Uh, Justin Rogers has entered the transfer portal. Alex Delton has left the team. Matthew Baldwin has been cleared of his medical redshirt, but uh, has been cleared to play, but he's been throwing for like six days, so I don't think he's going to play, which gets us all the way down to what is the sixth, sixth string quarterback, Matthew Downing, former Georgia guy, uh, who's the scout team quarterback. Walk on. Now, yes, thank you. Um, now, don't get me wrong. As an OSU fan, nothing scares me more, more than like the – fifth string walk on uh, to come in and look like a Heisman winner. But this is Baylor. Um, I think Duggan starts the game, but man, I have a hard time seeing him play the whole thing, which is why it's a bye week for um, 
for for the Kansas. So I picked up Matthew Downing to be my starting quarterback. Um, man, I just I think TCU's defense is, has kind of started clicking, but I I don't know that TCU will score more than like 17 points in this game, and I think Baylor can can do better than that, especially after the close game against West Virginia. I just don't see Baylor. A, they've been they've proven to be really good in close games, and B, I think they have a little bit of a bounce back game from that West Virginia mess. Um, I think I think Baylor covers two and a half pretty easily. TCU hasn't lost this game since 2014. Mm. That's got to change, right? I mean, eventually Baylor's got to win it, and I, and I believe it's going to be this year for every, all the reasons you just said, Philip, because of the quarterback issue, Duggan. Struggle last week with a hurt finger through three picks against Oklahoma State. I think when Oklahoma State had Tylon Wallace out, I think we all expected TCU to win at that point. And uh, as we know, that did not happen. And I-, I think Baylor does enough defensively. They force turnovers. They're very good at forcing fumbles. And if TCU is kind of relying on the run game, I, I like Baylor's uh, run defense in this to to do enough. And uh, I like the Bears to get the win. And to and to do it by more than the two points. I mean, I, I, this is going to be a close game because you know the revivalry or whatever. But I, I like Baylor to win it. So you guys gonna invite me back on next week after I'm right? Um, I might invite on your your co-host and see what he thinks. It, it depends. Would you come on to eat crow? <laughs> uh, we'll watch the game and then we'll decide. <laughs> Anyway, we'll just have you on again at some point, no matter what happens. How does that deal? Sound? Deal. All right. Uh, Andrew, you have been awesome as always. For everybody who wants to check out the work you do covering uh, college sports, where can they do so? At a Dowdy88 on Twitter. Um, otherwise, High Motor Pod, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, uh, Spreaker, ever, anywhere you can do your podcasting. Uh, yours is one of the ones that I absolutely listen to on a regular basis. It's a great show for everybody Appreciate it. looking Appreciate for another sports podcast. Listen to it, it covers all sports. Uh, and plus you get some, we got to talk about how you land all these guests. Cause I'm over here just getting you and I could really use an upgrade. Every you gotta take your shot. What's <laughs> the worst that can happen? I've been trying to figure that out since like middle school when, you know, the pretty girls would shoot me down. So I think I still have some issues. <laughs> all right. Uh, you guys enjoy the games this weekend. It should be a, there's going to be a ton of fun ones to watch. So, uh, kick back, uh, pop open a few and enjoy it. Hey guys, a couple of things before we go. Just a reminder, make sure you're subscribed to the 1012 podcast so you don't miss a single episode during the football season. Two, rate and review the show. Five stars, please. It helps guests get the word out about the show to other people. Plus, we just like to know what you like and don't like. Just if you're going to give us one star, let us know why. We appreciate it. Don't forget, if you want to be part of our first mailbag episode this month, shoot us your question. You can DM us on Twitter, at 1012podcast, T-E-N, the number 12, the word podcast, or you can shoot it to us in an email. That's 1012podcast, T-E-N, number 12, word podcast, at gmail.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.